Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. I'm not your host, Bradley. And I am also the other not host, Randy. Oh, man. Woody today, I see. Um, <laughs> I just live off of everyone else's wit. I can't come up with it myself, so. Uh, just, uh, just a little wit sucker, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if I'd call mine wit. I would just call mine trying to stay relevant. Dang, I was going to say sass. <laughs> man, a forever struggle, honestly. Story of my life. Mm-hmm. But trying to stay relevant. Just to kind of jump into things today and start off with some just kind of general conversation. Uh, how do you guys feel about the ocean? Uh, never seen Terrified. it, so I don't know. Terrified. You've really never seen the ocean? Not in person. I've seen it on movies and whatnot. I've seen it from an airplane, but never seen it in person. That is so. blowing my mind right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, he's from the worst state in all of the world. Harsh. It is Harsh. very firmly landlocked. Why you got to do Minnesota like that? <laughs> I mean, but you've gone to like deep lakes or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. I've seen the Great Lakes, so like those don't really count, but... I mean, kind of close in the Great Lakes, so that's pretty cool. I got knocked out on the shores of the Great Lakes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A girl threw a rock at my head and knocked me out. So that was exciting. Dang, man. It it wasn't intentional. She was trying to skip a rock and just was terrible at it. It was she was awful. And so she missed the water by a mile and I was sitting next to her and she instead threw it sideways and it hit me in the head and knocked me out for a couple of minutes Man, so the, uh swing around too hard too fast and uh-huh. yeah yeah Same. but yeah what i'm kind of getting at is like do you guys suffer from any form of like thalassophobia if you for, for me that? like growing up i would you know i feel like once a year my family would go to the ocean or like the beach or whatever and i would go swimming i would like because i'm like a very strong swimmer i was like I was a state swimmer in high school. I'm incredible. I'm literally a super no, but like, um, I would outswim a hurricane. I'd I go like swimming really deep in the ocean, like diving and stuff. I've been like snorkeling before, never scuba diving, but like I've done all of that stuff in the ocean, and it's just been pretty recently within the past, I don't know, maybe five six years that like existential dread has come up <laughs> and your own mortality has really crushed down on you i don't know what it is i've just become like super like of like a logistical thinker and just super like i don't even i don't even know just scared i'm just terrified of the ocean, okay like i've i've yeah, totally. seen pictures of the oceans like that'll just give me chills and I'm not going to be one of those people that tell you like, oh, we know more about this, like this than sp- of space than we do the ocean. Cause like, that's not true because space is like w- way bigger than the ocean. Yeah. It's massive. But like, but still like the idea that we just still are questioning things on our own planet is, yeah. is still pretty terrifying. It's pretty it, awesome. It's kind of shocking how little we know though mm-hmm. about like the super deep parts of the ocean, even like yeah. a yeah. lot of, it. I think like it's estimated that we have, something like it's either 80 or 20 percent of the ocean is like unexplored 
it's a, either it's, one or the other end of the spectrum. One of the two. It's a general statistic. It's just I forgot which, which one is bigger, but I know it's like a large portion of the ocean is unexplored, which is just absolutely crazy to think that even in like our own backyard, we still have like a shockingly little Whoa. amount of information. You live, you live on the edge of the ocean. That's awesome. You, you were property. It's eighty percent is unexplored. That sounds right. That's that was my thought yeah, when you yeah. said it. I, I was kind of leaning more towards that mm-hmm. one. So yeah, I think I have a benefit in not having seen the ocean. I just live in Do blissful you know? ignorance. I have very little to no fear of the ocean. I mean, I'm afraid. So like, there's a video I saw a while ago where like this person was on like a small little fishing boat, just doing his own thing, and then he looked over the side of the the boat, and down in the water there was like three uh orcas swimming around him just like coming up into the out of the water and just like bumping his boat and stuff that's terrifying yeah that's like, awful man. when there's an actual thing there that's horrifying but like when it's just like the ocean i don't really have a fear of it but i think that might be just like the blissful ignorance of i don't i've never been in it so i have no reason to fear it yeah. and uh, then there's there's brad who's actually experienced it and he's afraid of it so i feel like i should and for me i don't like completely not even related to the actual ocean but uh one time i was with my family uh like years ago and we were doing like an escape the room and mm-hmm. it was set inside so it, this i mean i guess my fear started a long time ago because this was um it was like the setting was inside of a submarine and we had to figure oh, out that's cool to, like start the submarine up again because really cool. we were like at the bottom of the ocean right like that's what, like uh-huh. and so we had to finish this puzzle before time ended or we mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote like died or whatever before you'd run out of air or something almost immediately when we stepped in and they shut the door i had the like a panic attack i like sat like i had to sit there and just like breathe and like it was like traumatizing almost and i'm like i'm an adult at this point and uh i, I might have been like 18 or something and just like i don't think i'd ever been that like terrified in my life and like that like we weren't even like near like not even near the ocean and because i was like picturing like i was just putting myself in that situation and that was absolutely terrifying i think still to this day one of the most like scary moments yeah. of my life i think yeah. to give you some credit there's a difference between like being in the ocean and being like, oh yeah it's creepy and like i think it's pretty valid to be terrified of being at the bottom of the ocean in an inoperable little capsule that is about to fall apart and going to drown you alive like that that, there's there's some valid fears (laughs) to that because that is a horrifying existence and a terrible way to die so yeah i mean like i don't know if that answers your question bryce but i'm terrified (laughs) i mean i mean it did but like to even continue upon this and like what randy was saying is that like there's another like uh fear that i was also came across while i was researching which is agoraphobia Mm -hmm. and uh, I know a lot of people think that refers to like just being afraid of like open spaces, but when I was researching it, I believe it was more akin to like being afraid of situations in which there is no escape. Sure. Which is kind of like what you were experiencing, Brad, is like yeah. you're in this like submarine, the submarine's going to freaking be obliterated by the crushing pressures of the deep. And so you're just like mm-hmm. kind of freaking out, like there's no escape from this. And so I really think that like, Almost like those two fears work hand in hand with the ocean. Absolutely. And like, could you imagine like 
being in the ocean like when you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean it doesn't feel or at least in my mind again i've never been in the ocean so this is all anecdotal assumptions but like it, it wouldn't i feel like feel all that like scary and you wouldn't really notice the size yeah, of the I mean, ocean like when you're a, on a boat on like a cruise ship you know you feel sure, like yeah. complete safety yeah. or like even it like almost feels like you're on land even though you're not on land like it feels kind of like an extension Small, like, of land mobile island or something yeah but then once that boat's gone and you're just like floating in the middle of the water that would be terrifying like just empty space beneath you of nothingness empty space around you nothing to see there's just empty water with Mm-hmm. You have no idea which way to go. Like you could swim in any direction and there could be something there or there could be nothing there for miles. That would be yeah. terrifying. It's like, I think we for often sure. forget that like uh, we've only kind of really been able to traverse the the sea pretty well within mm-hmm. like the last couple hundred years, you know, it's that it yeah. was very dangerous, like ex- excursion. And I mean, if you think about it, like as a like old time seafarer or like, not a cold kind of navigator you're going across a huge body of water that is like thousands of miles across and can be miles deep at a yeah. time and you just have no idea what's going on under you you know what what's happening in that horrible like horrible crushing pitch black abyss depth of the ocean like yeah there could just be stuff down there that's like growing hungry you know and it could just <laughs> reach up and crush your ship to bits and drag you back down like nothing ever happened and nobody would ever know no, no Seriously. one i mean like even today like even if that like that happened today there's a not a, i mean there's a high chance that like still no one would know if something happens oh. in the ocean like even with like satellites and stuff like there's a good chance and we'll even like get into this and it's a it's pretty crazy you know even with our, like our all like fancy distress signals and everything when you go out in the ocean for the most part you're at its mercy is that if the if the ocean wants to just screw you over in any one of its various ways it'll do it you know which is just crazy for an example um like this has nothing even to do with monsters like just the ocean itself there's a a good show it's called black sails it's like a oh yeah like Uh, like the pirate show pirates but uh one of the episodes um basically there's this ship uh, I think it was a pirate. It could have been like from like England or something. I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. But um, it gets caught in the storm. It gets blown so far off track that they don't know where they are. It gets so bad where um, they run out of food. They start like I think they start like eating each other or something. But basically, the crew Eesh. just leaves the captain there, maroons the mm. ship with their small boats because the there's no wind, nothing. The ship can't move, and so they get into the there's like their rowboats and just start rowing somewhere and then another ship like sees it from miles away sails to it then they get caught again because oh my goodness and so they're just like what do we do and i think it was like a couple days later they finally get some wind or something happens where they're finally able to go but like that's like if like during the time where it's like just like sails and stuff and no you're just stuck there you're just stuck if there's no wind especially yeah. if you're blown, of course you don't know where you are you can't move and you have a limited supply of food right very finite amount of fresh water like what do you yeah. do like that i, I really ocean. don't envy like old-timey sailors like exactly. honestly it's such a terrifying experience even nowadays it hasn't gotten significantly better 
in that like there was a actually i was just uh listening to a, a different podcast about airplanes and plane crashes and stuff a little while ago and there was a plane i, I can't remember exactly when this accident happened but it wasn't more than like 20 30 years ago but you're talking about malaysia plane, airlines that I can't remember which one it was. It totally but, just like, disappeared and they were yeah. like never able to find there's, any yeah. piece of it. There's, uh, yeah, it was flying across crazy. the ocean. They got diverted by a storm far off track. Still theoretically should be somewhere in a really pretty small location. I mean, compared to the ocean anyway. They went down in the ocean. They've never been seen again. Just disappeared. Like they've drugged, dragged the ocean. They've sent sonar down there, divers down there. They can't find this plane yeah. anywhere submersible as no well clue. and there's not even there's like it's just completely terrifying. swallowed by the ocean just right but, by something yeah but anyway uh over 10 minutes into this ocean, right <laughs> i mean it it is by extent <laughs> but over 10 minutes into this episode we're gonna kind of get back on track and you know for uh just recently i've been kind of like poking through some uh some like deep sea uh, like mystery videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And man, it's it's ter- terrifying as we've been saying, but like I really just wanted to cover like a sea monster, honestly. So what better sea monster to do than the legendary Kraken, Ooh. which is so awesome. I love like a lot of like the renditions it's had in media, but I really kind of wanted to dive deep into the history and the history on this is like so interesting because oh, we were talking a little bit about this before, but we were discussing whether it was a cryptid or not. You know, mm-hmm. our weekly question of is our monster a cryptid or not? And I'd say <laughs> this like monster. Thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say with some of them, but I'd say definitively, at least in my mind, the Kraken is a cryptid, but a cryptid of like older times. So probably sure. not now, as many people probably don't believe in it. Uh, well, but, they're, they're fools if they don't believe in it. I mean, they very well might be. You know, you should never get cocky around the sea. But absolutely, uh, I think many of like the old-timey seafarers and sailors often exchanged horrifying tales of chance encounters they had with like gargantuan monstrosities, some of these possibly being the Kraken. And I feel that like these stories were very real to them, that like mm. dying out in the open ocean was a very real possibility and like knowing that something could snatch them up at any moment was terrifying the fact that anyone ever was ever willing to sail through like across the ocean and like try and find new bodies of land is insane to me like let's just go off in that direction into and nothing see what we find and hope we find something it's like you guys could die like they're like likely will die like what is why it's kind of like uh, taking like a rocket ship off into yeah. an empty quadrant of space and be like, well, um, I mean, I hope we find something. Let's hope we find another planet. <laughs> Let's hope that we don't have to like eat each other and get marooned, it's like kind crazy. of Brad was saying. Yeah. But the legend of the Kraken has existed for hundreds of years. It goes back pretty far. And there's many different authors that have a, a crack at the Kraken. Nice. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I see it was, what you did there. It's kind of interesting because, like, uh, all these authors are like authors of like these nature books uh-huh. from back in the day, in which they try and like uh, compile together like a list of like organisms that they see, or like just a, a record of like a new area that they ventured to. A lot of 
little more actually like religious figures like bishops as they mm -hmm. went on missions to new areas and kind of wrote down some of their findings. So that was kind of interesting. But man, I, I also just love it that it seems like a lot of our episodes, our boy Pliny the Elder is there for us, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's always coming and he's always got something to say on these monsters. And he's got one to say on the Kraken. It's not an for exact, sure. uh, like per se, he doesn't call it a Kraken, but I, I thought it was definitely uh, like very adjacent enough to include it. Nice. Um, so the most direct sources of the Kraken start around the 1700s, these originating off the coast of Norway. Uh, there's many similar stories of monstrous sea creatures that date back much before that time, even to the time of Romans, like with Pliny. And it's very possible that legends existed even further back than that, which is mm. kind of crazy. It's like, Seriously. I mean, if you think about it and you look at like a lot of like religions, almost all of them have some form of giant sea creature that they talk about. You know, like I know Judaism, Islam, and Christianity also feature accounts of massive sea creatures. Just to say, like with Christianity, yeah, there's, there's, there's Leviathan. Yeah. Which and is such just, a cool name for a sea creature, IMO. Oh man, it's one of the coolest. I, I'd say it's maybe a little bit cooler than Kraken, I think so. But I still like the Kraken, man. What yeah. a what a visceral name. Sure. It's it's very visceral. Leviathan just sounds so like massive. Like, it, like, it, it sounds can think eldritch. Of. It sounds eldritch to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, this is almost a god kind of yeah. thing. And so, and so I wonder, you know, horrifying. if there's anything to that. If they're like in the olden right. days, maybe the seas were plagued by sea monsters. I mean, if you look at a lot of old maps, they have like yeah. little characters of sea monsters. I mean, there's not one mythology. I mean, that, that doesn't have a sea monster sea creature thing like we've talked about you're among them there we've i mean if you explore literally any people that have like ha are bordered on the ocean mm -hmm. and some even if they don't like they're gonna have something and it's right there's something terrible the that they thought thing, or knew you know? was lurking in its steps yeah and, and like you were saying earlier like a large portion of the oceans are still unexplored so I'm not necessarily saying that there's still some alive, which, I mean, I guess possibly there could be, but there's very well a possibility that there's like fossils down at the bottom of the ocean of massive sea creatures that we just haven't found yet because they're buried underneath they're feet just or too deep, snow man. of rock down too at the bottom deep. of the ocean. And so there's no way like we would know about it, but there's, it's very, could possibly be that there's bones way down there that oh i mean that's i don't think that's a possibility I mean, like a like a like i think that's a like well i mean i mean of these like like leviathan like creatures uh, from history like there's there's such yeah. a high chance in my opinion of like these things actually having existed we just don't can't prove it because they're buried down at the bottom of the ocean under feet of rock and we just have no I idea mean, of knowing it yeah. even more than but, just like not in our oceans like, i mean in the like in deserts we've found fossils of right creatures and so like yeah like could, prehistoric whales and stuff yeah right? I mean, so like i and think so like the megalodon that's true mm -hmm. yeah okay hear I me mean, out though. hear me out so let's say no. these these like the kraken exists right and we haven't seen them because remember back in the day with the loch ness monster when it was like <laughs> going through portals because of course uh -huh. what oh if it's just going through these portals and just hiding Oh, I thought you were going to say um, because the Kraken's a ghost. I don't think there's portals <laughs> big enough for the Kraken. Man. You know, the ocean haunt is haunted. 
the ocean's haunted. There's a ghost of a kraken haunting the. I honestly forgot world. that was one of the theories of. How well, could you forget? It's the best oh one. Oh goodness! But um. <laughs> It is crazy, anyway. though, that you mentioned, like, bones, though, being found at the bottom of the ocean, Randy, because I think if I remember, like, uh, some, like, nature documentaries in which they, like, follow a whale carcass down into, like, the pitch black depths of the ocean, and mm -hmm. as it rests on the ocean floor, like, just all of these creatures and crabs and, like, oh yeah, uh, I don't know what they're quite called, but they're, like, those giant, like, pale white roly-poly looking dudes. Uh-huh. And they just go out and they just devour everything. Yeah. Like, I think even including the bones are just gone within like a couple of days, which is crazy and just attests to the even Insane. further insanity and like terror of the sea. Seriously, it's like with things like that happening, like there's no way we would be able to find a fully intact skeleton like of something yeah. from centuries ago it's like oh, the, the likelihood of that happening would be so low but it'd be so cool it, it would rock the world oh but, yeah which one uh, would be more surprising and like which one do you think would be more earth shattering that or like the discovery that there were aliens at some point on earth sometime i mean aliens because that's kind of getting at like the bigger picture honestly, i mean like, literally well i mean especially because like aliens potentially are like we can communicate with them and like that like that like even though to me they're both these huge discoveries and like really realistically they would just be two completely different kinds of discoveries it would be like, so true but aliens would be I, I mean huge because i mean like that's literally another like life that potentially evolved on life a different yeah ecosystem like a totally true. different like environment that would be alien to us go figure <laughs> i see what you yes good point good point but that would be absolutely incredible to find that to uh baby krakens back, are aliens uh Sorry, to fall anyway. back out of the stars <laughs> and going back to earth uh let's dive into some of the etymology of yes, kraken because but... i actually found this pretty fascinating is uh and i think it also gives us a better grasp uh and understanding of the origin of this mythos nice so the word kraken comes from the Norwegian word uh, kraken, go figure, or uh, krakjen. I think that's how you say it, Brad. You might be able to help me out with some of these words. If well, you... the J the J is pretty silent, so I think okay. it would be pretty much kraken. So as well. it's kraken, just spelled differently with a J jammed in between the K different. and the E. Um, and then there's the singular form of the word, which is crake, which is which is pretty cool. Kind of rolls off that's the tongue, maybe a little bit better. Yeah, I think Crake is cooler. Um, but then, to so, be fair, it might be because of the Crate Dragon that I'm associating Crake uh, being cool. Same, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, and now that we got in our episodically uh, reference to Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Is uh, Crake can mean a uh, sea monster. And both okay. of the words uh, Kraken and Crake stem from the old norse uh kraki believe yep um which can also mean sea monster but is more literally meaning something twisted which is just so freaking nefarious man mm -hmm. <laughs> like so um ooh. a little bit just like because like it it's at least like our current understanding of the kraken does stem from 
the Norwegian findings mm-hmm. more than like the potential findings before, right? Sure. Do you think that? Sorry, I, I okay. I am always bringing this up, and I'm apologizing to the audience. Not how me. dare you? I don't, I don't care what you guys think. But wow. <laughs> so do you, you think care? the Kraken? No, because a lot of I'm I'm assuming at least from what I know of the Kraken, there's a lot of like Christian ties to it. Do you think that the Kraken is the Christianization of Jormungandr? Or I mean, that's a big jump. Um, I mean, it's, it goes it's from it's, snake to well, giant octopus. It's very possible, but in my research, I was coming across like very, very distinct, like uh forms of the Kraken that were very distinct from sea serpents and. Okay. from like okay. even i think uh old like greenland poems and stuff and we'll get into that um so to give like a brief little description uh it was kind of interesting because like a lot of the different authors had very drastically different descriptions of the crack but as to what we most commonly associate and i think most people would think of is that you think of like a massive octopus squid like creature that's so large it swallow the crew and crush even the largest ships with its massive tentacles. So it just literally comes out of the water, crushes it all up, eats the crew, and then it's all gone. Um, but uh, as I said before, the actual physical and behavioral descriptions vary from author to author. So we can think the first one because of Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I think Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, one of. Like maybe the most, that's what a, probably a lot of people like picture in their mind when they think oh, of totally. Kraken. Yeah. yeah. But one of the earliest descriptions of the uh, Crake is given by the Italian writer uh, Nagiri, and he describes it as a massive fish uh, with many horned, uh, and that was many horned and many armed. He also makes it clear that it's distinct from a sea serpent. So he's taking more of like a Cthulian approach, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of these approaches were like more Cthulian. Um, and to just jump right into the different authors, we'll start off with Pliny the Elder. So Love Pliny the Elder, uh, among his other many mythical creatures, also listed an extremely large cephalopod creature creature named uh polypus which is oh, just polypus. a really a really fun name yeah <laughs> makes it sound so friendly name? yeah but uh his his account sure certainly is not uh. uh so in particular in this particular account he recounts the creature having been stealing large amounts of pickled fish from a beach in the bay of gibraltar specifically and- pickled fish what an odd well, I think it was like uh, after the fishing ships had come back, they had like tried to preserve these fish, and sure. then the oh, creature yeah. just comes up and then like raids their storage pots, yeah. essentially. So it just really pissed them off. Yeah. And after this creature continued to get past their protective measures, like they tried placing gates, and they would use like a tree to get over and stuff nice. like that. They had. Uh, they had finally caught the foul beast with the help of like some scent dogs. And they actually had a pretty challenging fight with it before ultimately killing it. Wow. To quote directly from him, he says uh, in his description of the creature, the head of the animal was shown, 
Chun to Lucius. It was in size as large as a cask of 15 Amorphae and had a beard to the expression <laughs> of Tiberius himself, which could hardly be encircled with both arms full of knots like those upon a club and 30 feet in length, the suckers of, or calculus as large as an urn resembling a basin in shape, while the teeth again were of a corresponding largeness. Its remains, which were carefully preserved as a curiosity, weighed several hundred pounds. So, seven hundred pounds. Like what a chunky boy. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big thing, and uh, so that's kind of why I included this, even though he doesn't call it a kraken. It sounds very kraken-esque to me. Mm-hmm. So perhaps a early kraken. Yeah. So a, a kraken with a beard. So yeah, that was that was really <laughs> so the I mean, weirdest okay. part. It was <laughs> like, I feel like in the olden days they really like slapping beards on. Seriously, he was really you know? ugly. You could tell because he had a beard and it was all unkempt, like a weirdo. Oh man, what a monster! What's pretty interesting too, if you look at like back at like the etymology, right? It translated. You were saying that cracky could literally mean something twisted, and then in that description it says so it's talking about like mm-hmm. full of knots. Which is also something mm. twisted. Oh. Um, so, it's, you know, there's some correspondence there. That's yeah. And then to even get even more interesting, I found this very fascinating. Was in our next recounting, was kind of uh, we're also going to go over like a, a perhaps predecessor to the legend of the Kraken, uh, which is called the Half Gufla. I, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, but. Uh, so this is probably what the legend of the Kraken was initially based on. And the half Gufla was a mythical sea monster of Icelandic lore. So in an old 13th century Norwegian philosophical work titled the Speculum Regale or Kingsmere, uh, this story goes over a king telling his son of the half Gufla. He describes it as a massive fish that resembles an island more than an actual living creature. Jeez. He said that it was rarely seen, but when it was, it was only in two particular places. He also concluded that uh, the two that he knew about must have been infertile or the sea would have been full of them. Yeah. King also gave descriptions of how uh, it would hunt. Uh, these also line up with later descriptions of the Kraken, which is kind of interesting that like a lot of the different recountings all give like the similar uh, recounting of how the Kraken hunts, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But he said it would belch expelling so much food as to attract a massive amount of fish. And after the fish had, you know, kind of feasted on and were like crowding around it and had even crowded into its mouth and its belly, it would then close its mouth, devouring them all at once. Jeez. Which is pretty awful, man. <laughs> like, you, you think it just, like, basically it, like, vomits up a bunch of food, and all the fish are like, yay, feeding frenzy. And then they go inside of its mouth, and they're just chilling. And then the uh, half gufla is just like, all right, dinner's over, closes its mouth, eats everything that was inside of it, and that's what it needs to do to survive, which is 
uh, I commend it for honestly its laziness or maybe efficiency. Yeah, efficient. <laughs> it's not lazy. It's efficient. Hey, man, got to conserve the energy if you're like the size of an island. Seriously. You got to move as little as possible, burn as few calories as possible, and just like hope the food comes to you. Yeah, but I, I found this. Uh... Well, it's interesting, too, that he, he talks about how like he believes it's infertile. And so like that could you know, be something to why we don't. See I mean, it yeah. Yeah. But that being said, where did it come from initially then is my question. But it could be like um, could be like mules in which like two creatures bred uh, together and then offspring was infertile so aliens you know aliens ancient aliens back. krakens are aliens proof here it is well the descendants of aliens <laughs> oh yeah okay the the descendants but i'll give it to you nonetheless yeah they're about as related to aliens as like dragonborns are to hey, dragons. dragons in the name I, so I mean, that means we could put alien in the name of Kraken. So if it looks gotcha. like a dragon and a breeze fire, is it a dragon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like 10,000 years ago, maybe it was related somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, to get on to our next author, we got uh, Agid. So he was from the 1700s and he's a Dano Norwegian Lutheran by the name of Hans Agid. And he wrote of the Kraken and compared it to the half Gufla. So this is kind of like a connecting point between the two myths. Is that I guess he saw the legend of the half Gufla and was like, you know what? That's cool and all. But what if I had my own specific sea monster legend? (laughs) (laughs) And so... Yeah, he had launched a successful mission to Greenland and had written a book called The Description of Greenland, Go Figure, in which he drew from many of the fables and legends of the region, which is kind of how we get this evolution. But according to his Norwegian sources, the Kraken was absolutely massive. Like, they said that it measured many miles across and seemed to encompass the entire sea when it surfaced which is horrible and you could think of like if you were just a ship in the middle of the ocean and then like this kraken comes up and then you're just stranded seriously (laughs) terrible and like when back in the day when like ships were like they built the ships to hold as many people as they could so like well not not as many but like they wanted the ships to be large so that they could transport as much stuff as they could and then they're out in the middle of the ocean where there's no other land and then this thing comes in that dwarfs their ship and is basically like the size of an island. That would be terrifying of like a normal whale is terrifying enough of like, well, that thing's big and it can move so well through the ocean. Like that thing's going to kill me. And now this thing is like 10 times the size. It'd be just freaking like horrifying. I can't think mm. of a worse word than just, just terrifying. Sheer, sheer terror, man. Yeah absolutely sheer terror but he goes on to further describe it as having many heads and a large number of claws which would capture anything it could uh get its claws on which that would be fish animals men or even ships so this thing like ate everything and then according to uh 
this lore, Norwegian fishers could fish on the back of the kraken. And this was because, like, a lot of fish would, like, congregate around the kraken, I guess, while it was surfaced. So it was, like, really good fishing, but it was also, like, really risky. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you piss off the kraken, then you're dead. But it's also said in, like, this myth that if they're unfortunate enough to tangle their hooks on the kraken, then they must pronounce its name so it would go back to the depths and they would not die. Which is just kind of hilarious, which is, like, I wonder if it was, like, really hard to pronounce or something. <laughs> so it's, like, it's the opposite <laughs> of uh, of Bloody Mary. Rather than saying its name, bringing it, it scares it away for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's it's just satisfied. It's like, oh, you know uh, me. We good. Yeah. But then if you like mispronounce its name and then you're like, oh, that's not right. And the Kraken just gets more and more pissed off until it just smushes you. He's just um, killing people because he wants to build his own reputation and make people scared of him. So that way people know about who he is because he, he wants to be cool. So he, as long as you know who he is and if you can uh, say his name, you're good. You're good. Yeah. I mean, like he's just like the new kid class yeah. you know and like the the teacher can never like pronounce his name right on roll call <laughs> and so he's just yeah he's had enough man so true he, he's gonna he's gonna lose it man <laughs> all right but on to our next author this guy is actually uh probably the most accredited to popularizing the myth of the kraken and this would be eric pontpithian cool name honestly that is a very unique name. Oh, I, I, I guess it might be a Pontopidian. That's even better. I would love to name my kid that. Do you, th- do you think sure that name would fly nowadays? I'm pretty sure they'd hate you. That'd be uh-huh. their like second or third grade year would be absolute hell in trying <laughs> to like learn to write their name. He would be he would become that kid in class that the teacher wouldn't be able to pronounce his name. That would be the creation, the making of a supervillain. So maybe making I should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Tired of people not being able to pronounce my name. But uh, he was a Danish or a Danish author, historian, antiquarian, and a Lutheran bishop of the Church of Norway. So he oh, was man. a he was a pretty skilled dude. Must have been. Got a. I love Danishes. So good. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but he claimed much like earlier legends that the kraken was so large that it could be mistaken for a group of islands with fish swimming in between them so honestly that's like, a group of islands yeah i know man this kraken is getting bigger and bigger it's growing and bigger. maybe it can't reproduce but it's got a freaking long lifespan it's just continuously growing getting bigger you gotta it's, stop feeding uh, this thing Maybe it's kind of like Wendigos, in which like if it uh, if it eats something, the right. like mass of what it eats is just like directly related, yeah, or, like conglomerate it into its own mass. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's like a goldfish where like it'll grow to fit the size of the container it's in. So like which is the goldfish which usually is the sea. exactly goldfish they usually taste stay really small because they're in a little tiny fish tank. But now this thing got plopped into the ocean. It's just like yo, I got room to grow. I'm just gonna get huge. And now it's just like, it's becoming the size of continents. That's why we can't find the Kraken anymore. It's become a continent. Like America. <laughs> there you go. Australia. Australia is the Kraken. Jeez, man. <laughs> uh, but he said the Kraken was so powerful 
that in his own words, uh, he said, it is said that if the creature's arms were to lay hold of the largest man of war, it would pull it down to the bottom. So man of war being a reference to a powerful and large warship of that time. Oh, I thought you were talking about the jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Or is it yeah. jellyfish or is it an octopus? It's a, no, I you're thinking it's of a jellyfish. jellyfish. It's yeah, a, like it's one a of the most poisonous creatures or venomous yeah. on on the planet. But no, he's it makes talking more about sense a, that it's a ship. Yeah, he's talking about a massive ship. <laughs> gotcha. Which I mean, if it's the size of like several islands, I would kind of hope it would. Seriously, kind of weird. And it's just like super weak, but super massive. <laughs> it, all of its muscles are just for show. It's just going to like bodybuilding competitions, just just for looks, and it can't do anything. And after opening its mouth just to <laughs> lazily feed, it's atrophied uh-huh. significantly over the. <laughs> And I think, you know, like that comparison, it draws from a lot of like folklore and stuff from the past that just like, what's the what's the most powerful thing you can think of? Oh, this specific ship is, you know, the epitome of strength, because like today's time we have, I mean, everything from history, everything from like sci fi and stuff and all these new things that like are comparison power level stuff is way more than it was back then so comparing it to a man of war literally might have been this is the biggest strongest thing that yeah we can yeah i mean i mean like if you were to think about a modern day comparison i think we you've re- mentioned this before in previous podcasts randy but like think about godzilla you yeah know, is that i think of is, him often what is one of the biggest like <laughs> strongest things we can think of skyscrapers yeah, it, like Godzilla is able to just like knock him over like it's nothing, just a testing to its power. <laughs> so this is kind of like a an early version of that, a testament of power. Yeah, it's like what's the scariest, right. biggest thing that we've built yet? Oh, it's this giant ship. Well, this thing can crush it with ease. And as the things that people make get bigger, then the things that destroy those man-made objects must get bigger as well, just to like show their power. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like our like when we say like weapon like when like when our version of weapon of mass destruction uh-huh. would be a nuke when theirs would be a ship that could pro- i mean if it shot all of its cannons at once could take down and probably like yeah, yeah. town you know so like obviously different power levels but like this is that's yeah. still huge like that could destroy someone's life mm-hmm. so yeah and I, I always find it interesting to see like what kind of stuff that they compare. I mean, like, <laughs> what was it like saying? Like, this creature is as long as a horse. It's as long as a horse. It's humongous. It's so big, dude. <laughs> For this giant turtle dragon, it's like, uh-huh. as long as a horse. And you're like, that, that's not actually that big. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, if you thought you escaped the awful crutch, clutches of uh Umpidian's kraken you are sorely mistaken because it could also create a massive and deadly whirlpool that would it has its own gravitational pull <laughs> yeah i think it did this by like swimming down and it would just like suck down uh anything that it really wanted to which is terrifying because i remember being caught in like a whirlpool in like a river you know that was some scary stuff, man. That's, that sounds very scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also reported that the Kraken would feed for months at a time, then spend the following months expelling excrement. This was to attract more fish so it could feed again. Which is... Hard pass, cool. thanks, though. This thing hunts with its poop. 
That's, that is no thanks. That is <laughs> new. I don't think we've ever. I don't. I for one haven't ever heard of a creature that does that. No, we had the one that would uh that had acidic poop. I think. Oh, it's flaming but poop. Yeah, that's what it was. Yes, but no, no food poop. I don't think. No food. What a sentence, man. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. I mean, even though Pompidian was uh, the most person accredited to uh, popularizing the Kraken, it should also be noted that he was a little bit infamous for like saying different sea creatures and like different odd things in the ocean were like Krakens of various like, magnitudes. So he's probably also the cause of much confusion as to what the Kraken looked like. Um, so he might not be an incredibly trustworthy source. Source, what a shame. Maybe not, because yeah, he said he said I was really hoping things such as like crabs, starfish, and octopuses could all be candidates for Kraken. So, wow. well, there goes my. I was thinking we were really onto it because this guy knew it. I was going to yeah. use him as the star witness. Oh man. Um, but, uh, interesting that we, though, he regarded, uh, a certain variety of starfish referred to as Medusa heads. He said that these were the young of the great sea, uh, sea crake. And so if you look at the picture that we, that, uh, we have included. Oh, okay. I can see that. On our Twitter is that like, this thing looks pretty awful. It's like, a. It almost looks like a stand, sand dollar with like a bunch of roots going out from it. Yeah, it it looks like what, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the breakdown of the nervous system of a human body when it like, just when it's been taken out of a person and it's just like a bunch of kind of looks like roots coming out of the brain. That's mm-hmm. what this looks like, where it's just like, it looks like a center kind of brain with just like a bunch of almost looks like nerve endings that should be covered up by a bunch of other stuff that's true yeah is this like man this thing looks gross pretty horrible yeah i could see why someone would think this is a baby kraken yeah this thing is kind of scary so i don't fault him for this but i can't give a pass to like some of the other stuff they said yeah he tried he gave it his best effort and he just was trying to get his two seconds of fame what if he was like a fantasy writer and like nothing he said actually right. meant he was just like making this like cool, like fantasy story. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that that would kind of break down in which he like just looks at like anything in an aquarium. It's like, this is the Kraken. People are like, really? That's a penguin, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's a Kraken. It's a baby Kraken. It will it be. You don't know. It hasn't matured, man. Just wait like uh-huh. a thousand years. It'll go into like a cocoon down at the bottom of the ocean and it'll come out as a massive sea creature. Don't worry, it's true. Mm, I, for one, do not trust him. But uh, as for one of our last authors, this one being Denis Montfort, he is a French zoologist uh, from the 1800s and he acknowledged the existence of two giant octopus species in like an actual compilation of real life creatures so like there's like most of the things in this book that he wrote are like actual creatures that you can find and then it was like here are these two obscenely large massive octopus species which is like 
uh, I know a lot of people actually like made fun of him and he actually regretted putting these octopus Aww. species in his book because <laughs> he kind of got a little bit laughed at. I mean, prove that it's not real. Go ahead. I dare you. Try. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, somewhere in that 80%, man. Giant. Exactly. Octopus. It's Just, down there somewhere. We've never seen it. Yeah. It's not my fault you haven't you can't find it. I saw it once and so now you can't you can't say that I'm lying. It could be down there. Yeah. Come back to me when you've strained the entire ocean. Yes. And then and then we'll talk. <laughs> Take all the water out of the ocean and then we can study it. We can find it down at the bottom of the ocean. Or well, now no longer ocean. And then if we don't find it, we can prove it's wrong wrong. Mm. Could you imagine if just like one day you wake up and the ocean is drained? Uh, that <laughs> would just, be so weird. You're just like, hmm. Mm. Somebody opened up Funny. the uh, plug down at the bottom of the ocean and it went into the center of the earth. It all drained into the earth. Oh, man. That'd be freaky. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a pretty cool, interesting. Or, King uh, Kong story, would be though. pissed. Yeah, he... Um, He'd be very upset. He didn't seem like he had a lot of fun swimming. Uh-uh, no. But back to Dennis Montfort and his two giant octopus species. Um, the colossal giant, uh, was, he said, was the same as Pliny's creature that we talked mm. about earlier, the polypus. And he described it as a man killer, ripping apart ships and the wrecked people as well, and even divers. So he he was pretty seemed pretty confident that this thing was out there causing some havoc on the open ocean. Whoa. Which uh maybe he knew something we didn't, you know? He knew. He knows. He's smarter than everyone. Or maybe he just was uh one of the first like tinfoil hat people. You know? <laughs> no. They, didn't, they hadn't invented tinfoil back in these days, so he couldn't have been a tinfoil hat person. He just oh. knew he was smart. So what would be the, like the, the ancient equivalent of that? Um, uh. <laughs> would he just stick his head in a pot and cut some eyes? <laughs> Man, look at this guy. He's wearing a pot on his head. Doesn't he know he could just make a straw hat like everyone else? What a weirdo. No, man, it shields me from the Kraken's <laughs> luring gaze. The Kraken also has mind control. You got to make sure you wear a pot to keep your mind safe. Jeez. What a but, quack. Uh, his second uh, octopus species was the Kraken octopus. And he said this was the largest animal on the planet, mm-hmm. uh, even dwarfing his previous species that we mentioned. Woof. Which is like, dang, man. Th- this dude really... Kind of big. Man, it seemed like he was like pretty confident to like make these like honestly outlandish claims seriously and did he ever give like actual measurements for these or did he just be like yo this one's big and this one's even bigger was he ever like this one's x meters long or whatnot um not in any of the sources that i was immediately going to but there that sounds about right might be sources out there that stated uh his actual figures it's probably bigger uh, i don't know horses are pretty big so pretty bold of you to assume that yeah i think i'd want to get down in the water with myself and grab out the tape measure and really give it a good measuring make sure mm-hmm. i can't believe he didn't do that himself come on guy wasn't dedicated to science 
but I mean, if you uh, like look up uh, Kraken in Google Images, you'll probably see a picture of like a typical, like old time, pretty sizable ship with like the three masts, and then there's right. an octopus coming out of the water, and it's like grappling it. That's actually, I believe, the first uh, subspecies subspecies that right. he's talking about. I believe he created that image. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Cool. But I think that kind of does it for a lot of the history that we have to go over. And as this episode is already pretty long, we'll probably split this up into two parts. Our first two parts. Holy. Um, but stay tuned for the next episode because we're going to be going over some possible sightings and evidence for the Kraken. Ooh. I'm really excited to hear Krakens this. are just haunted, haunting the ocean. They're ghosts. <laughs> no, uh, they teleport. They're the aliens. All right. I forgot. My bad. They're aliens. I, I thought I was the crazy one, man. <laughs> hey. I'm yeah, wearing my tinfoil hat right now. My head. You can't say my mind's being controlled. <laughs> <laughs> Ceramic keeps all the radio waves out. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's true. I mean, to, to finish off at least the, the first part of this, uh, this anthology, is that, you know, uh, like a lot of this honestly kind of got me questioning whether the Kraken was real or not. And as we go into our second episode, there's some there's some spooky stuff, man. Yeah, I think that's Look. probably one of the coolest things about cryptids in general is like they really are one of those things where like there's a lot of things that don't really make sense. And I'm not saying it is real, but it makes you question. And it's like when you uh, read about it, it's like uh, it could be. I don't know. It's 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 definitely Maybe. creepy for sure. And I love that. Yeah. Just the mystery. Well, I don't know if I've said it yet, but like, as far as the ocean goes, if you tell me that there's like a a 49-headed lizard species that lives in the bottom, oh, like, yeah. I'm going to believe you because the ocean, like, I, it's just so yeah. scary. And I'm, I wouldn't put it past the ocean to create the Kraken. Yeah, so. I mean, like, if you've looked at, like, some of the deep sea creatures that we've seen, of like those like uh, spider crabs from the deep like Japanese oceans. If you guys yes. have seen pictures of those, I mm-hmm. hate those things. <laughs> what are we like? Just yeah. giant, no, uh, giant sea spiders, which I Seriously. absolutely hate. And it was interesting is that like uh, I also recently learned I think that the uh, like Arctic oceans are more oxygenated than a lot of like the other oceans so that they can that allows like uh things in those oceans to grow larger and to grow bigger which Mm. is crazy man also like Mm -hmm. just the some of the shots in like that that video that i was watching of like a probe going like un it was like sandwiched between the seafloor and just like huge sheets of ice above the water I just i just right? absolutely hate that like imagery man some oh, yeah. sort of like intense agoraphobia for me at least <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's like a ceiling on the ocean if you get stuck underneath of it and you're free and you're trapped under the water forever 
There's mm. no way you could break through it. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Happy nightmares. Yeah. And with that, I think uh, we'll bring this uh, first part to a close. But just as a reminder, uh, if you could do us a favor, share this with somebody that you know. Yeah. You know? Just uh, share, share someone who's with a friend. Someone who's afraid of the ocean. Share them yeah. with <laughs> So that they can have wonderful dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, ways you can share us are just like through word of mouth, or you could uh, direct them over at our Twitter That now that we have that kind of up and running. And you can pay attention to that as well, as we will notify our followers on there of our new episode releases so you don't miss any episodes. Nice. But as we always say, just a big old crack in size thank you. Whoa, that's a pretty big thank you. To everybody that's been listening to all, all of our uh, episodes. And it just, that thank you is bigger than a horse. <laughs> it certainly is longer than a horse. <laughs> but, but yeah, just we love doing this so much. And like, just thank you so much. But I think with that, we will see you next week. For more Krakens.